Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 70. And today, I will be recapping game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston with a very nice bounce back win, 127-202. And as always, I am here to analyze all the reasons for how they got it done. Going to be a bit of a shorter episode today. If you want to hear potentially longer episodes, I did two very solid guest episodes this week, episodes 67 and 69 respectively. So go check those out. We've been talking everything NBA playoffs, uh, and even we did a little mock draft yesterday. So again, go check those out if you would like. But without further ado, let's hop straight into the game that happened last night. Boston with a huge 127-102 to victory, and it really all started on the offensive end as they were hitting shots from all over the place. Jason Tatum led the way with 27 points on an efficient 8 of 13 shooting. Marcus Smart with a very good game back from his one-game absence with that foot injury, but his impact was felt on both ends of the floor. He finished with 24 points, 9 rebounds, and 12 assists. His playmaking really shined in this game Uh And then obviously Jalen Brown, he had a really good game with 24 points as well. 9 of 17 shooting from the field. And what was most important to me, he had 11 points in the first quarter, 15 in the first half. Uh, And as I said he needed to do on yesterday's episode and what I've kind of been preaching all series, he was very aggressive from the get-go. He made three threes to start the game. He was hunting down his shot. And uh, when these three guys are at the top of their game on both ends of the floor like they were last night, it's going to be very hard to beat Boston. But it really wasn't just them. There were six Celtics in double figures. uh, And as a team, they shot 20 of 40 from three-point range. A whopping 50%. That is almost, I mean, unheard of for against a, a really solid defense in Miami. But... Boston completely took control of this game uh, midway through the first quarter, and they took off and never looked back. Also got to mention Al Horford. He returned from missing one game due to health and safety protocols, but he had 10 points. He was one of the six Celtics in double figures, but his presence was really felt in the paint. Him and Robert Williams really held down the fort there, limiting Bam Adebayo on the boards, and this is just a complete Celtics performance on offense and defense and this is exactly what they've done all postseason long bouncing back from losses and they they took Miami by the throat and man they they just the three-point shooting forcing turnovers building that 24-point lead in the first half even when Miami started clawing back bring it to bring it to 17 they hit a I mean, just hitting outside shots like it's nothing to extend the lead back into the 20s. Uh, So you got to give Boston their credit for bouncing back the way they did. On Miami side, Jimmy Butler, he had 29 points um, on very efficient shooting. I believe it was 11 of 18, but he was kind of by himself this game uh, from what, what I saw. Uh, Gabe Vincent had 14 points, Tyler Hero had 11, Oladipo had 14 as well, but he only made two baskets. A lot of it came at the free throw line. So I think the roles were a bit reversed where Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, he's had a lot of support from his role players in these playoffs, and it just didn't really happen last night where it was Boston uh, in Game 2 where their role players really stepped up and played well. It was the opposite in Game 1, and, you know, that can really explain why the series is tied at one all. But I really think Boston took control of this game in the first quarter. They had a 17-0 run, kind of similar to the run that Miami had when they uh, in Game 1 when they went on their 22-2 run uh, at the start of the third quarter. 
But this was this felt different because it was just Boston raining down threes. I thought Miami shot selection was uh was pretty poor throughout the game. A lot of settling for jump shots, a good amount of ISO, and uh on the other hand, Boston was moving the ball really well. We saw Marcus Smart distributing it well. Obviously, 12 assists. Jason Tatum made some really good reads. He only made one three-pointer in the first quarter. It was a lot of Jalen Brown. You got Grant Williams getting involved. And Boston is at its best when all five players on the court are a threat to score the ball. I felt like in game one, it was all Tatum because Jalen Brown wasn't aggressive enough early. You obviously had no Marcus Smart. Derek White was pretty ineffective. Uh... But with this lineup with Smart and Horford back, uh, Boston's really outplayed Miami for most of this series, and they really showed their teeth of their potential uh, to Miami in this game. So Miami's going to have to go back to the drawing board, just like Boston did. Uh, but definitely, it was that that first quarter run that really set the tone for Boston, really established their offense. The, the ball movement was, again, just superb and uh, the second quarter, their their defense, I really thought, was solid because they uh, gave up the right shots. There are a lot of jumpers, again, for Miami, not much in the paint. And just like that, it is all tied up as we head back to Boston. Now, a lot of people are going to look at this game, and they're going to point to Marcus Smart. So let's talk about him a little bit. He really showed why he's the most important player for the Celtics team. Been there for eight years. He is the heart and soul. He is everything you want in a team leader. He's got passion. He's got grit. He is so aggressive on the defensive end. Obviously, defensive player of the year this year. Very much deserved. But it just seemed like his play style. I mean, he was going after 50-50 balls. It just seethed into his Celtics teammates. And they all started playing like him. They were so much more invested in everyone else. Again, not much iso ball, I thought. And just on the defensive end, they were really getting after it. They were putting more pressure uh, on these Miami guards. I mean, again, Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, they are undrafted. Uh, they were undrafted free agents. This is their really first time in uh, a playoff situation like this. And I mean, they, they basically had Struess get subbed out of the game, giving Duncan Robinson minutes because he was so ineffective. He hit those two threes early in the first quarter, but that was it. He was invisible the rest of the game. And Part of it's those guys coming back to planet Earth. It's not the best playoff backcourt you'd probably want for a team contending for a title. But part of that is that, you know, Boston really uh, made their life difficult. Jimmy Butler, I thought, was somewhat passive in the first quarter when he had some opportunities to score. He decided to pass them up instead. I think Bam could obviously uh, could be a little bit more aggressive looking to score. I mean, he averaged 19 in the regular season. It's dipped to 14 in the playoffs. But uh, I just thought Boston forcing turnovers, uh, you know, getting steals, uh, and then also preventing Miami's defense from turning into offense. Miami, as I look at my notes, they only had eight fast break points in this game. Eight. They probably had eight fast break points in that third quarter run in the first game. So a lot of it is Boston taking care of the ball. They only had 10 turnovers, which is pretty good against Miami's defense. And then again, a lot of that just has to go to Marcus Smart because he's their primary ball handler. They don't really have that true point guard like uh like a you like a Chris Paul as much as we bashed him in uh for his game seven performance. You know, uh not no John ja Morant, Shea Gilgis Alexander, but Marcus Smart really impressed me with his playmaking because by doing that. 
it put a lot of took a lot of pressure off Jason Tatum to facilitate for others. He could really focus on scoring. I mean, he had 20 in the first half. Uh, it opened up a lot for Jalen Brown because when you have three guys who can one-handle the ball and create their own shot, and Marcus Smart started out one for 10, but it was him who really kept the lead in the third and fourth quarter because he started hitting shots and just having a guy like him to control the pace of the game as a guard, super, super important for Boston's success. And I mean, we cannot praise him enough because a few games ago, he almost sunk Boston's season. Two terrible decisions in game five against Milwaukee. So what does he do? He puts it on himself, comes out in game six, Obviously, Tatum scores 46. They win that game, but then they obviously bounce back and win game seven. So he did not point the finger at anyone. He took it upon himself, and he is truly Boston's leader. And having him back is probably a huge boost uh, for everyone on the court. And uh, he obviously showed it last night with 24, a near triple double with 24 points and uh, 12 assists. Again, nine rebounds, one rebound away. But I cannot commend him enough. I mean, Every time the Raptors would go up against him, I'm just waiting for the Marcus Smart, you know, uh, outburst of five three-pointers or just remembering him blocking Norman Powell uh, on a fast-break layup in Game 7, but he makes all the little plays, and you need someone like that to win a championship. So it really looked like Boston did everything right. Good ball movement, getting open shots, making the outside shots, playing better defensively, not letting Jimmy kind of pick and choose who he wanted, but... What did Miami do wrong, per se? I kind of mentioned it a bit before. I think shot selection was bad. I think they could have gotten to the paint a little bit more. And, I mean, the I thought the guards were relatively ineffective. Gabe Vincent had a pretty good game with 14 points. But, again, Max Struess, he literally got benched for Duncan Robinson. Robinson wasn't hitting his threes. Tyler Hero had 11 points, only shot 11 shots. I'd like to see him kind of uh, take a few more opportunities to score. Uh, Oladipo didn't shoot the ball well from the field, although he ended up being the tied second most scorer for Miami. But this is a team that anchors itself on its defensive prowess, and it's going to turn defense into offense. And when you're not doing that because you don't force many turnovers and you're giving up wide open looks, these aren't contested three-pointers that Boston's getting. Uh, these are these are really good looks that they're creating with their offense. Miami was scrambling for most of the night defensively. They're obviously switching up defenses. They are into like a 2-3 zone. They're pressing with a 2-1-2. But we all know the ball moves faster than the player. And uh, when Boston committed to that level of ball movement, and again, Smart's incorporation into the offense really helped with that, Miami looked, looked lost. They didn't have answers. And uh, especially when you're hitting the shots, we saw Dallas not hit the shots, and it can really you know impact the game when uh, you get those good looks, but you're just not hitting your shots. But when, when Boston is taking advantage of those wide-open opportunities, especially early on, starting out the game like 10 of 12 from three, it was absurd. Um, Miami just did not have answers defensively. Now, we still are waiting for Kyle Lowry to come back. He's not going to be 100% Kyle Lowry. He's not going to be Toronto Raptors Kyle Lowry, but how will he impact this series? I think him, he's your Marcus Smart counter. He's done it before in the playoffs. I think that's your guy to really try and stifle his game. 
Uh, it's another three-point shooter to guard. It's another ball handler because, I mean, Max Strews, he can't handle the ball. Um, I, I think bringing Gabe Vincent off the bench, that that's some nice support that you can get because Miami seemed to be soul-searching for guys to kind of step up next to Jimmy Butler. But obviously, when you just look at these shooting numbers for Boston with above 50% from the field, uh, very unlikely that they lose this game. But again, you got to give their execution on offense a lot of credit. Credit to Ime Udoka for making uh, these changes. But we we, we see that uh, health is very important in the playoffs. P.J. Tucker went down with an injury, uh, a different injury from Game 1. So that needs to be noted for his availability for Game 3. But I was just really impressed with how Boston bounced back. And that's the type of game you need to win a series like this, especially when you're the away team. So, uh, I mean, I was talking to Jacob a bit after uh, our episode, and he might have said this on the episode, but if you, he said that he'd be happy with a split in Miami. And if you're a Celtics fan, you've got to be encouraged because if we're being honest, they've won seven out of eight quarters in this series. Just one really bad stretch uh, of about eight or nine minutes just sunk them in game one. But you have to be very encouraged uh, if you're Boston because you're outplaying them for, for most of this. And then if you're Miami, you've got to find a way to not start out these games so poorly because they were able to rebound in game one uh, out of halftime. But you can't start off down 10 points uh, at the end of the first quarter or heading into the second quarter. They need to find ways to start out faster. Maybe it's a lineup change. I don't know. I've always thought if it comes down to it, throw Hero in the starting lineup. Uh, I think giving Duncan Robinson a chance was pretty good. But this is going to be a battle. I'm expecting Miami to put up a better fight next game. I think they're going to make some uh, better defensive adjustments because their big thing is, because Boston has killed so many teams in the playoffs with their three-point shooting, got to find a way to run them off the three-point line. Tatum's going to hit some huge threes. Brown obviously has the ability to do so, but what you can't allow is guys like Pritchard and Grant Williams and Al Horford to also get looks from three-point range because then that's just too many players to guard, uh, too many players to focus on. So that's going to do it for today's episode, though. Uh, Again, a short episode, wanted to break down Boston's win because I I really like the matchups in this series. I think it's been physical. It's been very, um, very exciting to watch, and there's just so much talent on the floor, but I'll be taking a break for the weekend. Very happy I was able to get a full week of podcast episodes out to you guys again. It's been so nice to be back on the mic, but I'll get back to you guys on Monday. Most likely, we'll be talking about two games because Golden State, uh, they play tonight, and then Miami will play over the weekend. Might be two Warriors games also. have not fully checked the schedule, but seems like it's been every other day for each series. So yeah, I'll keep you guys tuned with that, but as always, Thank you so much for listening to 125 Unfiltered, and I'll speak to you next time.